You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Whether you are at the end of your rope or have already let go and landed in a place you feel you can't get out, I will have you believing one thing. You can. In life, we get to make choices. You choose the life you want to live. You get to say how it's going to go. We can choose to create a life we love, or we can choose to suffer. You have a say in how your life is going to go. First, you have to face them. And we all need a little help from time to time doing that. Visit my site, fixandrise.com, and receive a complimentary motivational ebook today. Welcome to Women That Triumph. On today's show, we will be speaking to Ro Couture. She will share with us how she survived the 1987 stock market and her loss of two multi-million dollar businesses during 9-11. After surviving 9-11, she realized her passion in life. She will share that a little later in the show. Ro, first, I want to welcome you to Women Who Triumph. Well, thank you for having me, and hello, and hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Can you share with the listeners today your story of how you triumphed through the 1987 stock market crash? Oh, yes, I would I would love to. But it, And if you don't mind, I'd like to just kind of put the little foundation on it, so kind of like from the, the 70s and 80s, like that led up to it a little Absolute, bit. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Oh. Okay, great. Because it really started for me, it started in the 70s when I had this vision that women can do, you know, what a man can do and that we're we're not born to just all be, you know, moms and stay-at-home moms. And I, so I really had that vision and that vision was really what propelled me to even get my first job on Wall Street. And I had a lot of mentors who really gave me some good advice on what exactly to look for so that I could advance really fast. And that and that really happened. I actually turned down jobs um, because it wasn't didn't fit that mold of what everybody was saying. No, this is what you need. You need to get a spot on the trading floor so that you could rise and get, get seen and be known. And I did that. I started in 1981. In six months, I got my first promotion. And then in 86 was when I started breaking glass ceilings, becoming the first female to be regional director of marketing and sales and the first, you know, a lot of firsts for women only type of situation. So I was writing such a high note. I was in my late 20s. I was young thinking that it's all, life is only going to get better from here. Can't, you know, you don't go backwards. No such thing. I was like, didn't allow that. And then the stock market crashed. <laughs> and and I witnessed firsthand, because most of the men that I was working with were in their 40s and had mortgages and had children. So it was similar to what we've seen in, you know, 20, in 2007, 8, and 9. But this was, you know, in 87, 88. And they were, my boss relocated to Chicago. So I seen a lot of what the changes they had to make and I was still so naive to realize how the future was going to affect me. And I was still little, what I, I would say, I was kind of maybe I was being cocky about it, but I was like, I refused to step down. I refused to get a position lower than what I've had. 
I'm not moving. I just met my, who is now my husband. And he's a, a union man in New York City, so he can't move out of New York. So I'm like, I'm not moving and not doing all this stuff. And that determination and that strong will would kind of like, well, you know what? I'm a woman. I don't have to be the breadwinner. I don't have to move. I don't have to do this. No, society says I don't have to do anything. <laughs> so, exactly. So I, I, you know, I used it when I wanted to use it. <laughs> um, so I did that. And then that's when I took other positions on Wall Street. But what happened was it was mergers and acquisitions season. And every company I went with after that was being bought out by another company. And it was just one company falling after another company falling. And after a couple of years of that, I was like, now I need to, you know, I was, I was starting to struggle. You know, money was like a main, main issue at that point. And that's when I decided to go out on my own. And I started looking at sales positions in the New York Times. And, and that's when I started to go out and became um, uh, uh, my, a direct sales distributor for the first time. That was in 1990. So, um, they, you know, with the women that are listening today and they hear, you know, your story, tell us one really major thought that for, you know, because a lot of us do this when we're, you know, in our homes and we're just sitting and it's just peace and quiet. Give us one major thought that actually pushed you through that. I was at that time very much into personal development and I was following Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, these big motivational speakers and they kept me in that positive mind frame. So I didn't, because I was wrapped around that personal development and listening to Tony Robbins all the time, it kept me going and it kept me that, this is just a season in my life. I could find the answer. I could do something else. I could keep going. And, you know, I didn't have children yet. And so it was fine. I was married, but I didn't have children. So I had that going for me as well. But it really was me devoting my time into personal development. What I say, I was a personal development geek, but it's something that I loved. And it's just being around that positivity kept me going. I'm so glad you, you really you, was you, that. I'm glad you spoke on personal development because for me, um, you know, last year was the first actual personal development that I'd ever had taken a course in. And what I realized in, was that personal development and business development goes hand in hand. If you don't personally develop yourself, as many trainings as you take as a business development you're still going to struggle. So you've got to really take that personal development to understand you in order to move on. I've, I realized that last year. So I'm glad you brought that up about the personal development. Absolutely. And that's been, I, I was a psychology major. So it's been something that I've been very, very strong in my life uh, from pretty much graduating college. So it, it's really helped me. It's been a strong foundation for me in everything that I've done all the roller coasters of life that I've had since. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and also what it brought me back when you was talking about the personal development. Um, 
recently there is a saying, it was an, an old native uh, verb about, you know, the two wolves, about, you know, living in anger and living in love and, you know, living in peace and, you know, just sitting there, you know, that personal development of, of loving instead of being so negative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because what what followed in from 1990 to 1999 was me being on my own as an entrepreneur, as a direct sales rep. I actually, I did very well at first and I actually actually became a national sales director for a direct sales company, but then that company went under and I would only reach a certain level. And then I started having my children at 37 and 40 and trying to build a business. And I was just faltering, faltering and faltering for nine years. I faltered and a couple of times within those nine years, I went back to corporate America. I would always say when, you know, I ran out of money, I'd go back and get a get a job. And then when corporate America would piss me off again, and I realized I'm not cut out for working for somebody, I would go back into entrepreneurship. And I did that for, for almost 10 years back and forth and, mm-hmm. and struggling. So if it wasn't for having that right mindset all the time and the right attitude, I mean, I used to have a button. Attitude is everything. And right. I, I literally wore that button. <laughs> so and that's, that's a, and really, that's a- it's a great button to wear. <laughs> yeah, now, it really is. Ro, Ro, we need to take a commercial break, but when we return, I want you to share with the audience of you surviving 9-11 and losing uh, two multi-million dollar businesses. And, you know, what is the passion that you're living right now with your business? Awesome. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Joining us back now with your host, Christine Kozachuk. Welcome back to Women Who Triumph. We are speaking to Ro Couture on how she survived 9-11 and how she survived the 1987 stock market crash. Ro, can you describe to the audience and tell the audience your survival story of 9-11? Sure, absolutely. So I started working. I went back to Wall Street in 1999 because I was offered what I thought was a dream opportunity. It was an opportunity to be a founding partner um, 
for a startup stock trading hedge fund company. And it was working with my brother-in-law and it was family. And they put me in as the registered principal. We actually grew to 100 traders. We partnered with E-Trade. And on August of 2011, we we finished building out our space because we grew from a 1,500 square foot space to a 6,000 square foot space because we started with five traders. And we spent three quarters of a million dollar to build out this beautiful space. And the following month was 9-11. Mm. And so it was like literally, if you want to say about money going up in smoke, for sure. And I was there that day. I was actually on, you know, I was running late. I was actually on my way in. I lived in, I live in New Jersey. I would take the ferry across the Hudson River. So I would look directly at the buildings getting on the boat. And I actually witnessed the very first plane hitting. And we all thought it was an accident. Uh, we all got on our phones and it was so new that I actually even got through to my office and they just said the building shook. They didn't even know why it wasn't even on CNN yet. wasn't on anything. And I just said it was a, it was an accident um, with a plane crashing. So we all went on the boat, got off the boat. And when, and it was mayhem when I got off the boat and I bumped into my secretary and I was consoling her because her sister worked in in those buildings. And and right then at that moment, a friend of mine grabbed my arm and said, run. And right then is when I saw and heard the second plane coming directly at me. And we all ran. We ran to the park at the end of the, like the edge of the, the water because it's right there on the water. And that's when panic started. And that's when sheer panic started and people were running and, you know, it was pure craziness. I had a lot of family that I worked with, family there. I knew my boat was right across the river, so I was trying to reach people. So I let several of my boats go. And But then it got um, the barge that the boats were on just got very dangerous. And we actually, I decided I have to get on the next boat and try to do what I could do at the other side of the river. And I finally did that. And when I got finally got into my car, that's when I heard about the Pentagon and I heard about everything. And that's when that's when I panicked. I wasn't even I didn't panic until then, but then that's when I panicked. But that day really turned out to be a pivotal moment in my life in so many ways. Um, though I didn't learn most of them until years later. You know, the one obviously, like everyone, is like so many people. It did put my life into perspective immediately. And, you know, it really was that beginning of my quest to rethink my definition of success. Uh, because at that point, you know, my, I was, you know, I was working for money. I was, you know, the million dollar, the multi-million dollar stock trading firm, being a partner with E-Trade and having toddlers at home. And that we couldn't even sustain it after that. You know, we had to close that business. It was a few years later, it was 2005 that we had, we had to close it. But I immediately, you know, even before that was at the point where I now had to have balance in my life and time balance and with my family and, you know, every, you know, that's what became so important. It made me, it woke me up. It made me realize like, what am I doing? You know, what's, you know, money isn't so important. What's important is your family is important is the balance in life. And, and that's when I did that. And, um, so it was, it was a tough few years, uh, you know, from, cause from 2002 to 2005, we weren't making that much money. So it was just, a, you know, pretty much 
just taking everything out of the business and living on it. I mean, that's pretty much what we did for those years, you know, my, myself and the other partners. And when we finally had to close it, I was, you know, what do I do now? You know, type of thing. And, and that's when um, I actually, at that point, had an opportunity to be uh, an author in an anthology book. And the woman knew that I was a 9-11 survivor and she wanted me to write about it. So I'm like, I don't know what to say. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing for me to write about. It's, it's something I experienced and that's it. There was no lessons learned. But to honor her, I said, okay, let me, let me dig deep and see what happened that day and what lessons that were learned. And that changed my entire life. Mm-hmm. Because when I was doing this at the book was when I was at a low. It's when I was at my, probably my self-confidence was at its lowest low. It was probably when I just figured that no matter what's going on, it's never going to, something's going to come away and take it away from me. So why bother even trying? So it was like my, I was in that total head trash, <laughs> you know, scenario. Yeah. And, and this woman who broke glass ceilings, this woman who did all this stuff was like uh, almost like totally forgotten. Like I, I lost even who I was and what I've done. And, and it was just, you know, it was like that. But writing that book is when I realized how I didn't run and take the first boat is when I realized how I stayed back and tried to help people. And I realized I was there to serve. And then I recognized that the courage and the will not only to survive, but to serve others as well, was really my God-given innate ability. And when I realized that that is something of who I am and that's in me, that wasn't something that I was doing to make money, you know, or for freedom. That was just me being me. Because when you're in the heat of a moment like that, you could only be yourself. There's no time to think. And suddenly I felt so free. And no longer did I really feel the fear or did I believe that I was a fake or not worthy and that I'm just somebody that's just, you know, chasing after money and chasing all of this. And, and I, it made me realize that I could handle any situation. I could handle that. I could handle any situation. So I really started to even look back even more. And that's when I really realized that whenever I had a meaningful purpose and, and I was true to myself and authentic and I, I, I didn't second guess myself, that's when I was always the most centered and most powerful. Yeah, that that is a very powerful lesson, because if we, you know, would start chasing what we're so passionate about and what, you know, what our dreams are instead of chasing the, you know, you know, the mighty dollar, our lives would be so much happier. Ah, yes. So that's when I realized that was really blocking my success as an entrepreneur, because that's where I was struggling as an entrepreneur. I do really well as corporate. But I was struggling as an entrepreneur because I was basically I was trying to be jack of all trades. But um, I realized that it was my negative self-perception of myself that was allowing those limiting beliefs and that negative head trash of self-doubt and fear to really control me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was getting in my own way. So I knew once and for all, and this is this is a line that I live with to this day and I get chills still saying it. But I knew once and for all that the emotional wall that I put up to protect me from disappointment, from all that, was also separating me from my dream. Oh, my goodness. It's giving me chills. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, I still get chills. And, oh and, and that, that's when everything changed for me. That was like, you know, when you have that one moment in life that you know that can change your life forever, it was that one. Yeah. So tell us, uh, you know, your passion right now. Tell us, uh, you know, what your business is and why you are so passionate about what you're doing right now. My passion is mentoring women. My passion has always been that way. Um, when I even when I was even young as a teenager, I was always this woman that was here to support other women and lift other women up. And it's one of the reasons why I love eWomen Network. And I've always done that. And I was doing that. And then once, you know, from I was doing it with my friends and doing it with outside people and speaking, but I never did it as a business. And Once I went back and did my own self-discovery on who am I, what is my passion, what do I want, it just reconfirmed that what you want to do is lift other women up. You want Mm -hmm. to build other women. You really want to mentor other women. And and I found my niche to be the underdogs. So women were underdogs in itself. We know we're a minority, but also women who either just starting a business or been in business my my real niche now has been in business for several years, has reached some some success, but is is stuck and now or it is an overwhelm and stressed out and know they have a lot more inside of them. They have that sleeping giant inside of them and they don't know how to wake it up. Mm-hmm. So they're looking to to really awaken their inner gutsy gal, as I say, because we all have it. It's all there. So so that's what I do, and um, and that's what I've been doing since uh, 2013. And today, every day, it's like almost like a brand new business for me. It's I've never had that feeling of loving every single day of it. And yeah, love, normally I by love. now, yeah, because sometimes by now my history would be like three, four, five years into it, I'm starting to get bored. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I love when I hear women. You know do their business because they're so passionate about it. That's the reason with women who triumph in the business that I have, you know, I started because I wanted other women to know that they're not alone, that we all, no matter what, where we're at in our life right now, we all go through something. And that was mm-hmm. one thing that was a learning lesson for myself about a couple of years ago. I thought, you know, I was the only one that went through this. I was, you know, the only one that had this happen to them until one day I was sitting in a room, a wisdom circle round of a training that I was going through and women were, you know, talking about what they were going through. And I looked around, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not the only one. Um, so it has last couple of years, it has really become a passion of mine to let other women know that they're not alone out there. I, that you know, I, I've had the same thing. Yeah, I went through the same thing many times thinking that I was the only one feeling like this. I was the only woman that had confidence, but yet on the inside was really screaming and struggling. But on the outside was strong and confident and, you know, Mm -hmm. everything else in the life was fine. But yet on the inside, I'm like, but how come I'm not successful? What's going on? How come I don't speak up? Why do I do this? (laughs) So, yes, and totally. I know you know I know so many of us still feel that way. Now, what what would you t- leave with the audience today, the women? You know what we were just speaking about. What would you want to tell them? What would you want to leave the callers with today? 
what I found is the number one, if you, if they haven't done this work yet, is to really know who you are and to really spend some time on what is most important to you. What are your values in life? And, and then go out and create healthy, compassionate boundaries to support that, to support who you are, to support your values. Don't compromise that and use that to make decisions in your business with, and use it to make decisions in your business with your whole picture in mind. Don't separate business from life because it, you have to make decisions in your business that have to say, well, how does this affect my lifestyle? How does it affect my family? How does it affect everything else? Is this good for me? Is this what I need first? Instead of, because that's what gives you your, what I call armor of protection. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have that, What's going to happen is some guru, some expert is going to find you and they're going to tell you all the reasons their systems, their skill set, their idea is the one that you need. And you're going to be, well, they're successful. I'm not. So I'm going to follow what they do. And you're going to get in this mode of doing what everybody's telling you to do and not even knowing if that is really what you need to do and what you want to do. So the benefit of really knowing who you are, knowing your values, knowing what's most important to you is that you get to make decisions with grace and ease. You get to make decisions that are going to move your business forward and you get to make decisions that you're going to love and you're not going to second guess. If you don't have that foundation, you're going to get into that head trash and you're you're going to get stuck into doing this because everybody's telling you. So take the guru off the pedestal they put their skirts and their pants on and everything else the same way we, we do and you do and level yourself up to the same level because the only difference between them and you is time and experience, nothing else necessarily. So look at it as to what do you, you want and do I need this? And then, and then you can move forward and make those decisions from a much stronger foundation that's going to get you success a lot faster. Uh, that is some great advice. Um, now, if the listeners today wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? I have I have a website, and I can give out my email as well. My okay. website is actually my full name, which and it's my name is Rosemarie, but everybody calls me Ro. So my website is Ro R O E Couture C O U T U R E Desaro. D E S A R O dot com. So it's Ro dot com. And my email is the same thing. It's Ro R O E at Ro dot com. So, um, and I don't know if people give out their cell phone numbers. I don't know if I, I don't have a problem doing that, but um, <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> but, you know, email is fine. Email and they, on my website, there is also a free gutsy gals guide having all the confidence that you want and it comes with six short audios on um, gaining confidence for success so that's free so they can download that for free as well and um, and do that and I got to say if somebody emails me I'll be happy to give them my core values assessment uh, which is a great assessment to help them find out what their innate core values are so I'll be happy to give that to your listeners as a complimentary as well 
Thank you so much, Ro. Thank you for, you know, sharing your story with us today and, you know, sharing your passion. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, if we just live our passion, we'd be so much happier instead of, you know, chasing the dollar at all times. So I want to thank you very much for, you know, being on Women Who Triumph. And I look forward forward to meeting you soon. Um, I should meet you in August, right? You'll be at the conference? Absolutely. I will be there. Absolutely. Look forward okay. to it. I, I will see you in August then. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for your time. This is a wonderful program that you do, and I love it. Thank you. Thank you.